Hear now a reading from Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, reading through verse 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each, each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a powerful, powerful passage that we have in front of us today. As we celebrate Pentecost, we, we have looked forward to this day for the, for the gift of, of, of God's promise, the fulfillment of his promise as Jesus uttered from his very own lips that the Father will send the Spirit, the Comforter, the Paraclete, the Holy Spirit upon his disciples, his followers, the church. And so as we, as we follow the life of Jesus, Luke has done a marvelous job as he records Jesus' life, his, his passion, his death, and his resurrection in the Gospel of Luke. And he follows that, that life through the resurrection to the ascension and into Acts we pick up with, with Luke again as he offers the, this incredible account of the ascension of Jesus 40 days after his resurrection. And then 10 days later, on the 50th day, following the Passover, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit are revealed upon his disciples, his followers, this community of, of faith, this community of believers, as they are gathered in this upper room of a house where they have been staying, probably, possibly, the same room where they ate their last meal with Jesus, in that same room where, where Jesus appeared to them when they were locked behind doors out of fear of the Jews, where the reports came pouring in of the appearances of the resurrected Christ from those who were traveling on the road to Emmaus, from the reports from the women who saw him in the, in the garden. And now, at the ascension that we read in Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells his disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they receive the gift, the promise of the Spirit. Ten days later, as they are huddled together again in this upper room of the house, they are found waiting and prayerfully waiting as a faithful community, waiting for the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus has offered, the promise of God 
the promise of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what it was going to look like, what it would sound like, what would happen. They just knew that something good was going to happen because Jesus had told them. Jesus fulfills his word. God fulfills his promises. And on that 10th day after the ascension, the 50th day after Passover, the Holy Spirit arrives, is revealed, and falls upon these gathered disciples. We're told it was like a, it, it sounded like the roar of a mighty wind and flames were resting over the disciples and they began to speak. These Galileans, these fishermen and, and just very common folk began to speak in foreign languages and people began to hear. People began to hear in foreign and ancient languages and, and God was doing mighty act and bringing the church revealing the church birthing the church on Pentecost this is this is what we celebrate today this is a powerful moment a powerful moment that we celebrate and we recognize even as we gather in, in this time as we gather in spirit and in mind even when we're not bodily we recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit brings us together and is still conducting its work among us and through us even when we can't gather in this beautiful building we can't see each other face to face we can still be together by the power and the gathering of the Holy Spirit. As we think about, and as we uh, reflect on what it means to be the church, I think this passage offers us a couple of lessons. Lessons that are, are important for us today as we journey through this pandemic. And I think it's found early in, the, in chapter 2, and even going back to chapter 1 of Acts, where Luke tells us that the, the disciples have gathered and they have been confidently and patiently waiting and faithfully praying for the fulfillment of God's promise. They're waiting. They're not sure what the, the, this new promise will look like. They're not sure what this fulfillment will be like. They're not sure what this new normal will look like. They know it's going to be good. They know that God is going to be with them. And they're praying. They're praying confidently for the fulfillment of this promise. And when we say confident, we don't mean with arrogance, but we mean humbly. They pray because God honors God's promises. So they are humbled by the divine spirit, the divine promise. And they're just asking for that. And as we, as the church today, as we find ourselves waiting for a new normal, looking for a new normal, waiting for a new normal, praying for a new normal, pray with confidence. Continually pray with faith that God is going to do something good in the new normal. Whatever it looks like, whatever that sounds like, whatever it appears to be, be confident that God is going to do something good in our midst, among us, and through us. And as we, today, in this season, 
of the pandemic, as we wait and as we pray, we are being the church. As we continue to love one another and care for one another, even in social distancing, even wearing masks and staying apart, we offer our love and our service in new and imaginative ways, ways that the Spirit leads us, the ways that the Spirit will continue to lead us. So today it may look like waiting, and it may feel like we're just praying, but there's more going on here. That's the promise of Pentecost. Sometimes the church looks like it's praying and waiting, and sometimes it looks like a man standing up among others to preach, to proclaim the good news. And that's what we hear in the second part of this passage. Peter standing and preaching the gospel. In the second move of the text, Peter, the one who had publicly denied Christ three times, begins to publicly proclaim Christ to all those who have gathered. Though he sometimes spoke on behalf of the disciples throughout the Gospels, this is the first time he actually preaches. And it seems that at some point between the denial and now, something changed within Peter. He seems to have a sense of holy boldness about him. Something emboldened him to stand before this crowd and to testify about what has just happened. Peter tells all who are gathered that these people are not drunk. Sure, there's some crazy stuff going on with the fire and the people speaking different languages, but Peter knows what's going on and he wants to share with everyone. So he turns to the Old Testament. He recites what he knows from the book of Joel. And in that book, Joel proclaims that in the last days, God will pour out the Holy Spirit on all flesh. And that's exactly what's happening on this Pentecost morning. God indeed poured out the Holy Spirit on all flesh. In case we weren't sure who that all includes, Joel continues to prophesy that this includes men and women, young and old, slaves and free. And from this account on Pentecost, we can assume that this includes people of all nations and races. The Spirit knows no boundaries, even the ones we might expect. The Holy Spirit was not just poured out for the disciples who had been with Jesus throughout his ministry, his life, his death and resurrection. The Spirit was not poured out just for the Jews who had been reading the Hebrew Bible and waiting for this moment. The Holy Spirit was not poured out only for those who were powerful or wealthy in society, and the Holy Spirit was not poured out only for those who spoke the same language as Jesus. The Holy Spirit was poured out by God for all people so that all would be empowered to advance Christ's missions to the end of the earth. Of course, not all people will accept this gift and carry out that mission, but it is present and available for all people. In this text, we see the power of the Holy Spirit already at work. The Holy Spirit enabled Peter to speak, to proclaim the gospel to this group of people. The Spirit empowers numerous awe-inspiring wonders and signs and miracles and healings in this community. And today, we know that the Holy Spirit has us divinely connected, even though we are apart. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost is a radical and life-changing gift. On a normal Sunday, when we're not in the midst of a global health pandemic, it would be nothing to come through these doors, to take a walk down the hall, to go to what is formerly known as the Susanna Wesley Parlor, but 
to most people, it's called the donut room. It's a place where we gather together each Sunday morning to eat donuts, to drink coffee, and to just catch up with one another. The prayer shawl ministry meets at the table behind the couch. Sometimes Sunday school classes meet in here. This is also a room of great celebration where we come in for receptions when a guest comes, for receptions after confirmation or after a special Sunday. This is a room where we gather and fellowship with one another. But as you might imagine, for the last 12 weeks, this room has looked a little different. No one has come in here for their Sunday morning donut or their coffee. No one has met at this table behind to make prayer shawls or to gather for Sunday school. This room has been empty and empty of the hustle and bustle, the energy that we feel in here on Sunday morning as this is such a hub between our three services before going to Sunday school, it's definitely felt different. But what I'm reminded of on this Pentecost Sunday is that even though we haven't physically been together to shake hands or hugs, the Holy Spirit has surely still been among us. And that force is more powerful than anything we've ever experienced, even in this room of great celebration and memory. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came like a fire and came into that upper room, I'm sure the whole experience was a little scary and maybe even frightening for the disciples as the violent wind came and tongues came down like fire and started filling the room. It probably wasn't as slow as this. I'm sure they were amazed as they could hear people in different languages other than their own. I'm sure it was a mixture of amazement and fear as they wondered what was going on. But I have no doubt that they knew that something divine was going on, especially as Peter relayed to them that this was God at work, pouring out the Holy Spirit, whose magnitude and size and scale is so much greater, larger than we could ever imagine. It knows no boundaries. And so as the fire filled the room, they knew that God was with them in that space. In the midst of their yearning for direction and guidance, the Holy Spirit came in. While they were waiting and praying, the Holy Spirit was poured out so that all of them would receive this divine power to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And the real miracle to me about Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit was not just poured out for people who were there that day, but we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit too. And of course, not everyone will accept this gift, but it is ours. It lives within us, and because of it, we have the power to spread the good news of the gospel with the world. So even though we're not together physically in this room like normal, the building is closed, but the church is alive and breathing as the Holy Spirit connects us divinely and flows through our very bodies. Perhaps receiving this wild and extravagant gift of the Holy Spirit is one of the reasons why we call Pentecost the birthday of the church. As the Spirit was birthed, we believe that all believers were given access to the Holy Spirit, to the very being of God. And this is a gift we could never earn or deserve. But this gift is what makes the church the church. Even though we love this building and there are beautiful churches all over the world that Christians dwell in, that's not what makes us who we are. 
We are people who claim that Jesus Christ became incarnate and came to earth to live and dwell, that he died and was resurrected, and that one day we can have life eternal with him. And none of that depends on a building. We rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to keep us connected to God and to empower us as we share that good news with others. And listen again to the very final verse of this passage from Acts. It says, when the Holy Spirit has been poured out, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a promise. So today, as we celebrate the birth of the church, perhaps you'll sing happy birthday to the church with your family. Perhaps you'll use this as a very good opportunity to eat some cake. But I hope you will also remember that sometimes being faithful looks like waiting and praying. Sometimes being faithful means watching worship at home and virtually worshiping with your family. But always being faithful looks like using the gift of the Holy Spirit that we've been given to spread the good news of Christ to everyone we see, knowing that the Holy Spirit has no boundaries, God's love has no boundaries, and we've been given this call. But remember that you're not going to this task alone to spread the good news. The Holy Spirit lives within you, emboldening you and empowering you. May we live into that truth today on Pentecost and all days. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. And now with the confidence of the children of Christ, let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and is sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.